Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm Justin Gordon, your host, and in this episode, we have Janisha Alura, who is the former Miss Singapore and Southeast Asia Woman of Excellence in 2010. She's also the founder of Soul Rich Woman, the number one female entrepreneur network in Southeast Asia that connects more than 200,000 women across the region with presence in seven countries, including Singapore, Malaysia, the Philippines, Vietnam, and Indonesia. Janisha has quite the story, and from as young as age 14, she actually supported herself through school, working different jobs, started businesses when she was very young, even had a a cafe chain that was sold to a publicly traded company and so many topics to discuss in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. As always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast. You can support the show by leaving a rating and review. I would really appreciate that. And you can sign up for the Just Go Grind newsletter, the weekly grind at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Without further ado, here is Janisha Lura, founder of Soul Rich Woman. Janisha, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on your show. Yes, yeah, so, so much to talk about in this episode. And I figured we'd start at the beginning and on your entrepreneurial journey. So I'm curious, it's like when you got your start as an entrepreneur, how old were you and what was the business? Wow, um, I got started at a very young age. My first taste of entrepreneurship was when I was 18 years old uh, because when I was 14, I had to support myself through school and during that time, my mother pawned her gold and made, uh, made me go through this like yoga aerobics and line dancing certifications. So I kind of was teaching already part-time. However, that whole spark of entrepreneurship came when I was 18 because I, I was studying and my my work, my study load was like growing. And I was asking myself, how can I make more within an hour? So <laughs> I kind of like put a group together. I said, okay, I think I've got to find more instructors put these group of instructors together, with it, whether it's a yoga instructors or um, aerobics instructors, you know, and then I kind of like outsource them. So I find corporates and events where people want my services. So I just outsource these instructors to them, making more within a single hour because the instructors could go out to 20 locations at yeah. a single uh, moment. And in that, in that 20 locations, I even though I make lesser as a person, but overall as a group, I make the most in the total. So that's how I got started in this whole entrepreneurship journey. Um, but then later on, I... Uh, joined Miss Singapore and then I won and then the the whole landscape changed for me. Uh, I moved into the image business where I help CEOs, uh, politicians, as well as decision makers look into their personal branding and finding their voice and platform uh, for their own image, right? Then later on in 2012, I kind of got bored. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was kind of like going through this. If I work, I get paid. I work, I get paid. If I don't work, I don't get paid kind of mode because if I teach or if I do consult work, I don't get, uh, if I do it, I get paid. But if I don't do it when I'm doing my off days, I don't get paid. So I kind of missed that whole part of going online. So I was really very curious. So I invested about $100,000 in courses buying from all the different online so-called gurus and different uh, masterminds I was joining. And then I discovered that um, there is, there's a way to go online. So in 2013, I made my first pot of gold, which was I crossed my first million dollars by the end of 12 months after I started on my online journey. And That's then amazing. I... 
partnered with uh, a couple of uh, friends and business associates and friends. Uh, we started a cafe retail chain from scratch. That means from zero, like literally nothing. <laughs> so like I'm, I'm really good with PR and marketing. My partner is good with operations. The other one is good with franchise and licensing. So we all came together and we grew the cafe retail chain from like zero to seven franchisees and 11 licensees in three countries. So we were in Singapore, Malaysia, and Indonesia. So that really taught me a lot of things because I was never business trained. I'm a medical, kind of like a medical allied health professional. So I'm a like uh, occupational therapist. Okay, in case you don't know what is occupational therapist, like most listeners do. Yeah. Um, it's actually phys- like similar to physiotherapist, but not exactly the same. Okay, so that <laughs> that summarizes <laughs> it all. That's yeah. a lot. So okay, a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of doing uh, the medical side, but you know, I transited to the business side. So I don't really have a lot of like business skills, but like I said, over the years, um, the entrepreneurial spark kind of grew. Um, for me, it's always to never stop learning. I always tell myself to never give up. Uh, my family is the big reason why I do what I do. Um, it's never just about me. So even though I was doing a cafe, I was successful, you know, I had money, I had my fame, you know, but it, I was still empty. To yeah. be very honest, I was still empty on the inside. I was like, okay, I'm based in Indonesia for two years running a cafe franchise business. And then I'm like, okay, what else can I do with my life, right? Okay, <laughs> I have all this money now. I have all these things now. What should I do next, okay? So it's like the, 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 the crisis that I'm facing. So I said, okay, my passion is still helping women. And because I have found my skill set of going from offline to online, I know how to help women to get clients and get known. So I said, okay, why not we do that? So I turned on my webcam. I started to do like a webinar series every single Wednesday called Webinar Wednesday. <laughs> so there's this jingle to it. Nice. And then it, it, it went on. And with that um, I started from zero viewership online, zero guys, zero, okay? And from zero, I mastered the F word, which is funnels and Facebook ads. So by doing these two things, my viewership grew from 10 to 50 (laughs) to the first 100 and then slowly grew to the next 500 and the numbers went on, right? And today I run this um, platform called Soul Rich Woman, where I help female entrepreneurs to get clients online and um, get known online. And it's a place where we are, because we are based in uh, Southeast Asia, we are like the number one leading network in Southeast Asia. So if you are listening in and you are like, okay, I want to know um, how do I get my business into Southeast Asia, you know, and how can we network in Southeast Asia? Well, you are inv- you are welcome to, you know, visit us um, on our our platform soul rich woman i think that's a great place and to be in as well so that's how i got started justin and you know i'm doing this Soul rich woman i am really passionate about this because i really believe that success is never about glorious wins it's about taking a step back and letting other women shine as well yeah Uh, because alone you are strong together we are unstoppable that's it's obviously an incredible story what you've built and there's so many questions I have from that so I want I want to just step back step <laughs> back a little bit so even in the beginning when you said you're 18 years old really had your first venture 
what I mean, what pushed you into entrepreneurship? Because people have drive and ambition, don't necessarily start companies. And you did all the organizing of the different instructors and everything. And like, was there, was there someone that that helped you that mentioned that, or did you read a book that mentioned that, or how did you get started when you're eighteen? At 18, it didn't really start because I, I read some books. It was merely because of, for me back then, it was survival. Because at 14, I had to support myself through school. And I, by 18, I was still supporting myself and my family. So I have like my brother, my younger brother is like 10 years younger than me, right? right? And then, uh, so when I was 18, he was only eight. So my, my dad, uh, he, he lost all his money through the financial crisis. And then my mom, you know, homemaker. So the usual stuff, right? So for me, it was really my family to, to, to really, that, that me is a major drive. I really wanted to help and, and just keep my family right in front. You know, yeah. the, the thing also, because I was bullied in school, because I was not rich and poor um, financially, and I wasn't able to like oh, buy fancy bras. Okay, bras, guys, bras. <laughs> okay, bras, and then you know like change my bags often. You know your pencil cases, stuff like that, and your handphones. Back then, you know Samsung clamshell polyphonic ringtone kind of phone. Okay, I'm each generation. I mean. <laughs> so the they were, I wasn't able to do that. So there were there were mean girls who came to me and then um, in school, like, let me give you an example. Yeah. They came up to me um, during the um, activity sessions, like when we were in the yard and we were all running around playing basketball. And then these girls came up to me and surrounded me. You know, I was I was like cornered in one corner. And then they one of them came up to me and pulled my shirt open, exposing my bra. So literally a t-shirt, pull open can you imagine that 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 force yeah. and then my bra was shown and then she went oh you are still wearing the same bra you know like that so to me that it was humiliation to me that was that was like self esteem to the to the drain you yeah know? <laughs> literally did that drive you at so all so i i to- yeah it drove me because it is devastating for a young person, but when you have like survival and you have your family, everything like right in front of you, you you have to make a decision. At that point in time, even though I mean I'm not really um, versed into like personal development at that age, but I asked myself, do I want to go down the victim drain? Or do I want to just keep my family in focus and just keep pressing on regardless? So that was why I chose. Yeah, and then you mentioned obviously Miss Singapore, which you won twice, I think. And what even prompted you to enter that in the first place? I have very good guy friends. Um, they really believed in me and said, "Hey, you should go and join uh, Miss Singapore." I said, "Oh, nah, I'm so ugly. You know, I don't think I'm qualified." So this all whole um, you know, noise started happening. But you know, they said you should just go and try. So I I tried, <laughs> and and I won. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but but it took. It, it, it took preparation, right? It, it wasn't just like, oh, you just simply join and you simply win. It was more of really pr- preparing for it. In fact, um, through the beauty pageant, I want to say that I've learned quite a number of things. First, I was able to learn how to develop my own voice and find my platform, which I'm still doing up till today. Um, so that became an asset to me. And then the second thing is I learned to work with a team, let me build teamwork because when you are doing international, there's like 80, 90 delegates and then you have to play together, play nice together within a two, three weeks you're together, right? So really, really learn, learning how to work 
um, together as a team, putting differences aside, right? And then the third thing was to find myself, find my own voice and my own identity amongst all the glamour, you know, who are we on the inside, right? How do you present yourself truthfully and honestly um, while bringing the best uh, representing your country? So that was what I picked up during my pageant. And with that, one thing, I'm just curious on that too, with the prep for that, like how long beforehand were you prepping for the competition? And what that look like a little more in depth? Because I have no idea at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I took up public okay. speaking, um, learned how to uh, make a speech. I, I learned how to um, do my department, learn how to do catwalk, learn how to pick out dresses for my wardrobe. I think it, it basically head to toe, like your hairstyles, how do you do different hairstyles for different things? And then learning to find um, answers to the questions that potentially people can ask. I think these are some of the things that I've learned uh, and prepared for myself uh, during the time for my pageant. Yeah, and then one of the things you mentioned with the going moving forward to the the retail cafe chain, how, how did that idea come about versus something else? Because obviously there's so many business ideas out there and so many options for companies you could create. Why did you decide on that? Honestly, I have no <laughs> idea at the moment why I did that, but I just wanted to do something, yeah. right? So my, my partners, because like my partners all have different skill sets. One of them has coffee knowledge, um, so he's really very okay. good at that. So like we all put our skill sets together as a team. So we really, really function well together um, as a whole. And that's how we got started into cafe retail chain. The best part was um, my other partner was really the brain and business person. So he kind of taught me a lot of stuff. Eventually, we built to sell. That means we exit. So after four years uh, doing the cafe retail chain, we exited to a public listed company. That's awesome. And what was your role like with growing the company? What was your role on that? Like responsibilities? And I was doing PR and marketing and I was in charge of the Indonesia market, uh, managing the franchisees. So my experience of doing business um, not just in Singapore. I mean, Singapore is really black and white. It's a great place to do business. But anything when you're outside of Singapore, like really like Indonesia and Malaysia, um, there they are different sets of rules and different sets of gameplay to, to do by. So you must be able to know people and um, really function. Uh, yeah, that's what I, I've learned. Yeah. yeah. And, and with that too, I mean, one of the hardest things is finding, <laughs> finding co-founders, finding teammates to even try to build a company. Like, How did you meet your co-founders? How did you come together? Oh, I, I got to know them when I was doing my online business. They were also um, going online. So that's how we meet uh, at an event. And then we kind of like work together like associates um, to, to do the online business. And then we, we, we built over years. I think that kind of trust and the kind of um, understanding. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think that that's very important. I, I feel that partnership is not just like, oh, we are friends. So let's do it together <laughs> kind of stuff. You really have to put in the black and white and like how much shares you own as a director of the company. Are you a shareholder? You know, how is it equity? What is it all about? You know, really state it very clearly because I've dealt in partnerships before. I um, started a, like a dating business uh, with two other partners whom left me in a lurch after we started the company and then they just, you know, took the salary but didn't really run the business. So I'm quite, I'm the silent partner so they used my 
reputation to do the business. And then when the whole thing collapsed, I was in shit, yeah. right? Because I didn't have black and white. There was nothing to say that who was doing what. It was like kind of like young, you know, when you're young, you just like, okay, we're friends, let's start a business. <laughs> so the difference between that um, whole dating business versus their whole cafe business was a surreal experience because the cafe business like say, like I shared with you we had contracts we have black and white we we know what exactly we're doing we know our positions we kind of function in our zone of genius we don't be everything to everything everybody to everything or everything to everybody you know kind of that and then putting our skill sets together and we function as a team I think that really made a lot of difference especially when we exited to the public listed company and yeah and then how did you end up deciding to get to that point where you exit to a public listing company? Were you pursuing that? Were they pursuing you as you grew? Like, how did that come about? We had a um, couple of offers actually by the third year. Um, we do, because we have to sell franchise, we sell franchise and licensing um, to the region. And then we had people coming to us during the franchise exhibitions. So we do a lot of exhibitions actually to promote our business. And with that, um, with that, uh, some of the people, sometimes when they walk, you don't assume, never judge a book by its cover. Some really, really rich people, or in fact, most of them, they are not, exceptionally well-dressed, I would say like, you know, wow, suit and tie, you know, classy, glossy, nice shoes. Or It's not like that. So the, there was this few gentlemen who came by our booth and every time they would just keep asking questions. So only after a few times, we discovered that he was the owner, you know, he was a public listed company owner, right? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he was like, you know what guys, after observing you guys for a while, you see, we didn't even know he was observing <laughs> us. I want to buy your company. And we're like, what? Seriously? That's wild. So that's how it, 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 it got started. So that's why I really believe that when you're doing something, always be at your best. Do, don't, don't think that nobody's watching because people are always watching. Yeah. And then, so one thing I'm wondering too then, when you got that offer then, they wanted to buy your company and then you eventually, you eventually sold it. I mean, what what was your thoughts immediately in terms of what you were going to do next? I mean, did you just say, I want to take a break for a little while? Like, how did you approach the next step in your in your career? So during the time I was doing the cafe already, I was already in Indonesia using my webcam, doing the webinar, weekly webinar. So I was already moonlighting, considering, um, you know, building my online platform while I am doing my offline thing. Yeah. So the Soul Rich Woman community literally is an online community. We are the Southeast Asia Women Entrepreneur Network. So we are very focused online. And we only do one thing, which is helping women to get from offline to online. Like, for example, how do you delegate 80% of your to-do list? How do you use the F word to get things done? You know, being fabulous, having freedom, and financial independence. So during the, the cafe business, I was doing all this F thing. Yeah, online. Yeah. I'm just your <laughs> <laughs> How did you juggle all of that, doing both? How'd you manage that? I think... For, for the cafe business, when I was there, I had managers. So I was kind of managing. I was on top of the business. So that's where I, I also learned what it means to be on the business versus in the business. You see, when you know and you've experienced it truly, like for me, I've experienced it truly, I really feel that a lot of women are still stuck either in the business. They're never really on the business. So like a lot of solopreneurs, 
um, female entrepreneurs who have like one retail outlets or two, three retail outlets, but literally in the business, they have not really detached themselves. So I'm really passionate about helping women see that. And how do you really bring your brand online? How do you get clients online while, you know, being able to do the things you love, right? Which is the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. It's all about being on the business. Yeah. And then in terms of working on the business, then I mean, what are some of those kind of initial steps people can take to kind of get out of working in the business completely and working more on the business? What are some of those steps? Delegate, 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 <laughs> delegate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, it's all about out uh, being able to delegate at least 80%, if not up to 90% of your to-do list so that you can really function in your zone of genius. I, I, I share this a lot. I'm really passionate about talking about this because I have a team of 21, oh, wow. right? And my team is growing. Yeah, so... so they're all over the world. They are from Philippines. They are from, we have uh, a couple from Ireland, Dublin. We have a few from other countries as well. So we really grew our team. But to start from one, right? So there's always this misconception is, oh, I can't do it because I have no money. Oh, I can't do it because there's nothing that other people can do it better than me. So there's always these few things going on in people's minds. So I just want to encourage you is that if you have, um, like if you do like, I don't know if you do manicure, pedicure, or you go spa, you do massages, you kind of like go watch movies other than your Netflix, <laughs> right? If you do any things like that, you will have at least a budget of $50 a week or $50 a month, okay? To outsource just five hours, let's say for example, five hours. A, day, a week or five hours a month to, to outsource the things that you hate, to, to delegate the things that you hate so that you can function on profit-generating activities rather than uh, non-profit-generating activities. So I think that's really important, right? So be able to delegate out 80% or 90% of your to-do list. Start by just $50 a month or $50 a week um, to really hire someone. I mean, you can go to those platforms like... Um, Elans, okay, or, or um, uh, wherever there there may be, okay, yeah. to actually bring those uh, freelancers in to help you to to elevate your uh, to relieve you of your duties, uh, things that you don't like to do. So I think that's that in a nutshell is really important to really focus on that being on top of the business. Yeah. And like you said, there are a few different platforms actually for people to go out there and find freelancers or find extra help and get virtual assistance. And like you said, even a few hours a month, a few hours a week can still be helpful. But I think it also a benefit of doing that is it trains you on delegating. So the sooner you can get started with working with, you know, an assistant or someone helping you with parts of the business you don't want to work on, then you get that practice so you can be more efficient with it and you get better because it is a skill to manage people. And it's not just like, oh yeah, all these tasks and you find out that you delegate some things and then something doesn't work or whatever happens. Um, so it's definitely a, a crazy important thing. And with so with so rich woman, like 200,000 women across Southeast Asia in the network, how do you think you've grown it so big like why why do so many women join the network yeah because we focus on our message when i first started i focus on everybody that's that's let's be frank right we all started thinking that we want to be everybody to like to know us for everything right yeah so i was trying to help i was trying to help cafe retail chain owners you know look into the operations i was trying to help 
everybody else looking into their other things. So now we are very focused. We are very streamlined. It means that we only look into sales and marketing. We look into <laughs> basically helping you to get known online, which means which is relevant to your brand, which means could be clients, getting more clients online. So we are only focused on, focusing on that. And we, we tell people that we only help women so that's our next focus yep. to go from offline to online. And we are in Southeast Asia. So these few key messages really, really help a lot because like I said, sell to everybody, sell to nobody, speak to one, speak to many. So that's how we've grown over, over the years. And in fact, uh, being consistent online is very important. So I was doing Facebook Live and almost every day. In fact, now we have like almost 2,600 episodes of like live shows on Facebook. So wow. that's how we, we got our message out there. But like you said, uh, we are also turning to podcasts as well, podcasting as well, because uh, I think that's one of the places that we need to grow uh, where people you know listen to us uh, when they commute. So I think that's another place that we are looking into developing to grow the numbers uh, within a community. So it's all about really looking and improving. Um, never think that it's the end. You know, the, oh, 200,000. Okay, that's, that's great. Okay, so that's it. <laughs> it's all about, yeah, never get comfortable. Right. So I'm always challenging myself and my team. How can we get out of the comfort zone to go to the next level, right? Because when our learning is stagnant, you know, we become dead. Yeah, and there's always more to learn. There's always more to do. And I normally ask this a little bit later, but on that kind of topic, I mean, where do you go to to learn? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you read books? Go to conferences? I'm curious as to how you learn and grow. Wow. Um, for, for myself, I I don't actually read a lot, a lot per se. For, but for me, it's a lot of my experience. Like I talk to people um, like for, for me because I do a lot of Facebook Live and then I interview um, successful entrepreneurs as well. So kind of this um, whole thing keeps me going. It kind of like rejuvenate my brain juice because I find that speaking to real people with real experiences helps a lot. So I've interviewed like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I have spoken to Mary Buffett, um, Sheryl Sandberg. I I've spoke to Neil Patel um, and many more. And that really helped me to see so many different things that they are doing, you know, making so much money and so successful and they are able to still empower lives. Yeah. So I that that to me is the way to learn is to get the nuggets and pick their brains. Yeah, and there's those are some very, very smart people <laughs> there for sure. I would love to do the same actually. Uh, and you can always obviously learn from them too as they are interviewed on different shows. And so people can listen to those types of people to learn those, those things as well and get those insights. And I can imagine, yeah, it's very, very helpful for you to get the questions answered that you specifically want answered to help you at whatever stage you are in your business. And with this online business, I'm, I'm curious as to like how you decide on which products, which services to offer. Because I, I went to your website and there are a few, there's, there's many different things, let's put it that way. How you decide on which products and services to offer? You mean, uh, what do we have on Soul Rich Yeah. Oh, okay. So literally over the years, I've developed this uh, methodology, this method called the Soul Rich Woman 
blueprint. So what we do is there are three different, uh, th three main steps. Okay, so the first step is to build your influence, which is called the woman of influence. The second sphere is actually called the magic funnels. The third one is actually called the winning offer. So literally based on this blueprint that we do, um, these three circles, uh, what we help women to achieve is by going through the three circles in the different programs that we offer. So that's how we, we create our programs. And not all women need to go through the programs. In fact, we have a, a monthly membership that's at just $10 a month and that because to I don't know if you know the Southeast Asia market like uh, in Vietnam um, like our community there their salary is only like 300 USD okay. and then like for Philippines depending where you're at uh, some of them makes only US 200 sometimes make US 400 depending on where they are at in which part of Philippines and and our our so their earnings are not as high. So when we do the do the community, we need to take into consideration the overall spending power of within the networks as well. So we made the uh, monthly memberships really affordable. So they get like two office hours every single month with me when they ask questions with um, the other mentors as well. Uh, they also get like um, interviews, um, no, uh, like interviews like videos where they can like learn social media and stuff that is currently updated so right now there's a lot of information out there so what we focus on is implementation you don't need more information you need to implement yeah 100 and with that with that all those different offerings you have because I'm, I'm also interested in growing community i think it's it's a great thing i'm meeting a lot of people through the podcast and through being at usc how do you organize all of that online in terms of like the actual different different products and services, and you mentioned office hours. How do you organize all of that? Do you, you like what software do you use? I'm curious in the tools with that. Oh, oh, so for office hours, we use okay. Zoom. I think that's a great yeah. tool. And then for community, we use Facebook groups as well as Telegram. And then uh, depending on other things that you want to do, like webinars, I use um, Crowdcast. So so different tools for different purposes. My automations, I use uh, Infusionsoft, okay. which is uh, now known as Keep. Yeah. And I, for, for my other funnels, I use Leap Pages and Click Funnels as well. I use both for different Why purposes. Why do you use both? Just curious. Uh, lead pages is mainly for like one page landing page very quick uh, yeah. turnaround like you can just turn around and then use tech and then you go into Infusionsoft for click funnels is very like a uh, funnel based for example there's like always like a single page and then there's a one one time offer and then you go to the next one which is a another upsell then if they don't buy they go up uh, they have a downsell and then this whole process is contained within click funnels itself uh, with their emails uh, that can be sent within and their affiliate system that is tracked within the system itself so it's a one encompass Encompassing kind of um, uh, uh, ecosystem versus when you use lead pages, it's like lead pages. You have to put SEM card and then you do like Infusionsoft, <laughs> you do many other things like putting it together. But you see, I'm so used to putting in lead pages because I, I started with lead pages many, many, many yeah. years ago. And it was over a period of time when I um, got to know about the other funnel system that I kind of like, okay, I have to to pick up on that, to see how it works, right? So you never try, you never know. And after testing it, I went on for the full package. So I, I bought all the whole whole system and I've been using it. And it's very helpful because within that system itself, 
Okay, I, I'm not like selling yeah, the system, but it is it, a good it, system. It, it I use it too. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, but it, I, I mean, I'm using it. I really feel that it's um, it's really very good. If you just want one system that settles everything for you, uh, I think that's that's perfect. Yeah, and there, there's obviously so many different tools you can use for for running the business and all different aspects of it. And like you said, you you kind of have to just test it to see how it actually is for you. You're not going to know until you try it out. And I've I've used lead pages. I've used ClickFunnels. Um, I've used Zoom. I've used, I think I've used most of those tools and there are different ones that work uh, work better for different situations and it's always just a matter of testing them out or you get a recommendation from someone you're like oh i'm gonna try it out and see see how it is but i'm always curious about the tools because that that is a lot to handle with running an online business and there's so many different aspects of that but i also tell people don't get overwhelmed by it just start with something and you can you can go from there and and with the products and services as well around on that same topic what else is kind of in the pipeline? Are there other products and services you're looking at creating or you're just trying to grow the current ones you have now? Oh, we we currently are very focused. So these are uh, currently our... Uh, offering so we we start from what we call the value ladder right so a value ladder simply means is what is it that you bring people in to get to build that no like trust score being loved they love you they respect you and then moving up the value chain that means if you move higher up the ladder that means you get paid more um, across the ladder right so our our we have free offerings on the website we have like how do you delegate 80% of your to-do list on soulrichwoman.com we have like free ebooks to download and then we move them up to the next step like do you want like a you know um, a short course to help you to understand or master specific pieces based on the Soul Rich Woman blueprint you know is it the woman of influence is it the magic funnels is it the winning offer and then we move them up to the next level okay now that you are ready would you want to put everything together would you like to do a mastermind so then that's when we do the next piece and then we move up them to the um, coaching and then move them up to um, we actually help uh, once they've gone through the system the last piece is usually they become our associates so we are helping um, companies uh, women-led companies to grow her business to be evaluated at um, one of them is to be evaluated at two million dollars oh, wow. so like she runs a fitness studio here in singapore and then she wants to do like four or five outlets and then we managed to help her because of our network we managed to start one in indonesia and uh, that one is a like one building four-story um uh, studio right so so now she's in singapore and malaysia uh, in singapore and indonesia and by doing this uh we, we actually get uh, bring in like investors to invest into the business so that we can help her to go uh, grow her business to the next that's level. awesome so the whole yeah, so the community is an ecosystem, I truly believe, right? Where we are all female entrepreneurs and uh, we also have... Uh, actually, just last year, I bought over another company which I didn't talk about. Uh, they they actually sell and buy uh, like beauty products. So they sell clothes and like beauty products. So we bought over the, the company and we bought over the database. So Soruj Woman is essentially a community of female entrepreneurs and we also have a, a, a group of uh, consumers so that our entrepreneurs can sell to the consumers, yeah. right? And our consumers can buy from the female entrepreneurs in Southeast Asia. So that's what we are doing. We're building an ecosystem and that's what we are focusing on uh, overall in the bigger picture because we want to empower 1 million women to go from offline to online. So the service offerings are just ways to help them to implement because I think that having a desire is great. Having, you want to take action is great, but how do you, how do you actually do yeah. it, right? 
exactly to the T. And then how do you sustain it? I think that's another thing. A lot of people fall out within the three months, first three months. Oh, I'm so excited about book <laughs> writing. I'm so excited about um, building my social media. But after three months, they're yeah, like, no more. That's so true. So, so yeah. So the community serves as a as a way to like, hey, kick your ass, you know, like accountability buddy where we support you, like-minded women coming together because, hey, look at it this way. Sometimes spouses and families don't really understand what we're going through because they really have not been in your shoes. Of course, if you have great family support, I think that's great on your entrepreneurship journey. But in Southeast Asia, um, women are... Uh, for uh, like in Vietnam, the culture is women are encouraged to stay at home, uh, to just have a job, get married, have kids, and then repeat the same process with your children, yeah. right? And it goes on for the next generation. Uh, so there is still that happening. So we want to help women to find a voice. That's why I talk about the F word a lot because I advocate for their movement. The women can have it all. You why we want to talk about going online, right? Well. If you have kids, you can have two hours, to four hours a week or a day to look into how you can go online, right? So there are ways for women to do it, um, have uh, you know financial independence uh, and freedom of choice and being confident in doing the things they love to do while taking care of the kids while having a family at the same time. They don't have to choose this or the other. Let me give you an yeah. example. We have this um, stay-at-home mom. Um, she is. She used to be an art director. I don't know if you know art director, creative director in this creative agency. So she was a high flyer because of a daughter born uh, pre SARS, and she she the the daughter is often sick. So for she gave up her shining bright career and stay at home for ten years. Whoa, ten years. <sighs> yeah. So just recently, they, she found us online. And she came to us and she she wanted help to do something with her life, right? Um, she was trying these uh, health products that she loved and she wanted to talk when she wanted to, to sell these products online. But after further investigation and uh, fact finding, I realized that she is passionate about cooking and she's really great because she has a family of seven. That's a That's big, big family, family for, for us, right? <laughs> for us too. Yeah, seven is <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she she cooks every day for this family of seven and she's really good at it. So within two months, we get her up. Uh, she's now known as the detox chef. Uh, what she does is she helps uh, people to eat good. That means they eat healthy uh, in a way that there's, uh, you know, you can detox your life with uh, uh, this thing called a smart, smart and silly eating. Smart eating means that, okay, for example, usually when you say you want to lose weight, you want to starve yourself or you go to on this intermittent fasting. Her, di her diet and her methodology does not require you to go into fasting mode at all. She will teach you how to eat uh, where you can just literally keep within, uh, and a lot of people just say, okay, eat the, your, your breast meat, uh, the chicken breast meat and, and just steam it every single day and you're going to do that for yeah. 30 days, right? Her menu is, because of her experience in cooking, she can make ordinary food like this very tasty. That's awesome. Very, very tasty. So so your your diet meals are like super awesome and super amazing. But anyway, coming back, so she, she is now um, shining. She has sales every day online. Um, and she collects the orders first, collect the money first before she delivers the orders. So it's really great for someone who is stay at home mom, never have any experience. Um, you know, within two months, she was able to get on track. So that's what we do. 
we really want to help people like that to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And now she's so gorgeous. She is confident. And the husband, whom was her dream slayer, really <laughs> dream slayer, like, yeah, 10 years, you're stay at home. What do you know? Really? I'm not joking. He said that to her and she was yeah, so devastated. And when she came to me, she, yeah, she was very upset. And I encouraged her. I said, you just show him the results. So I really believe whatever that we say, putting all the fluff aside, and you know you really have to tell yourself you have to get results for your clients. And of course, they must, they must, they must put in the effort, right? It takes two hands to clap. So results really speaks it all, and seeing is really believing. Yeah, and it shows just the power of having a community. And I'm definitely a huge advocate of that as well. And I'm seeing with different entrepreneurs I've talked to, like how important it is to have that support system to push you to help you along because it is hard as an entrepreneur. People don't always understand what you're going through, family, friends, whatever. If they haven't started a business or haven't been in that, and on that same vein, I'm ever since you've had a lot of success throughout your career with with everything you've done, but there's also, I'm sure, challenges. So I'm, I'm curious as to what have been some of the biggest challenges you've had so far. Yeah, so earlier on, I mentioned about my partnership failure. I think that's one thing. I think usually people, when they have partnership failures, uh, you know, you will just give up and say, oh, I'm never going to get into another partnership. And then you kind of victimize your whole journey moving ahead. For me, I think that piece really taught me a lesson. Like, And also because of my personality, I tell myself to never give up. And so that's why I was able to start the cafe business. I think the other thing was to really find resources and tools online. Seven, eight years ago when I started, um, it was not easy to really be able to understand Southeast Asia and uh, to do the things I'm doing now. So I did. I put two years to travel Southeast Asia, literally spending living out of my suitcase. So that was really tough because uh, living out of a suitcase three weeks, traveling different countries, and then you come back, you turn around, uh, you do different meetings in Singapore, and then you fly out again. So it, I was just doing that for two years straight Jeez. to understand what exactly is Southeast Asia, right? And you, I traveled to Indonesia and I, I, I live like a local and I'm there. I'm not there as a tourist living in Bali, you know, <laughs> or in, in some co-working space. Though. I have to say that because yeah, it's nice and we connect with people. I, I love I love co-working spaces and I love the people and communities over there. But sometimes you just have to get out of these uh, uh, networks and go in and ask them to refer you to the actual local people who are really doing there because they know their neighborhoods better than you. They know their neighbors better than you. So we do that. We work with partners. We empower them with our uh, programs and our knowledge and we get them going, right, to deliver um, these messages. So I think th this whole Southeast Asia thing was really tough. Um, I think for three reasons. First, we speak like different languages. In Thai, Thailand itself, uh, most people don't speak English. So most of them speak Thai, although that is changing now. In Vietnam, uh, you know, like I shared with you, Ho Chi Minh versus Hanoi are two different breeds altogether, although that is also changing because the generation, the millennials are traveling overseas, they're getting educated like in America and then they're back in Vietnam. So I think I see that changing, but there's still a lot more work to do. Um, like for example, in Malaysia, only one out of five companies are owned by women. So we hope to continue to uh, get involved to to to. Uh, make the change for the women over there as well. So different people, you need to put all these pieces together, right? Uh, different culture, different people, different languages. So we're going to bridge the gap um, in, in, in this 
in this manner. That's why I said that for us, so rich women, we are very unique in that sense. We we are very Southeast Asian focused, but now we want to grow global. We want to go global. We want to bring this platform, this knowledge, this network global. Uh, and you know, that's why yeah. I'm here, right? Uh, sharing knowledge uh, with your audience, you know, with you today who's listening in because I, I really feel that we have done a lot of work and done a lot of groundwork and we have a network of like uh, 200,000 women for now and we want to grow to 1 million women. And it, it's, it's awesome, you know, places for you to get resources, you know, to, to connect, to get to know people, you know, because online is just, you know, you network online, you know, and, and get that done. I think that's really a perfect place to, to be in right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. And it's like I said, community is so important. So people definitely need that, especially as entrepreneurs. And uh, as we kind of wrap up here, I want to be respectful of your time. I'm curious as to what are some of the thing, first things you would mention to someone who's thinking about launching a business? Any advice for them? Quit thinking, start doing and keep running until your bank account looks like your phone number. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> I love it. And, and also, where can people go to learn more about you and everything that you're doing? Well, I've uh, put together some resources to help anyone to get online. Um, for example, delegating 80% of your to-do list, um, secrets of millionaires, personal branding, ebook for you to download. Um, all these are available on the website at soulrichwoman.com, S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N. Dot com and to connect with me, you can find me at Genesha. Just Google G E N E C I A. Genesha Alora A L L U O R A. Awesome. That's and it. I, I will be sure to link up all of that in the show notes. Just go grind.com slash podcast. We'll have all the show notes there as well. Link to everything mentioned, including all the tools and everything you talked about as well. I could probably ask you a billion more questions, but we will we will stop for now to be respectful <laughs> of your time. But Janisha, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Thanks, Justin. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. If you want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you. Justgrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.